to another episode of Breaking Through with Elena. That's me. And this is the podcast where we celebrate women, their accomplishments, experience, their drive, and find out how they broke through. The past few weeks, we've been getting to know a lot of newer acts in country music, which has been awesome and really exciting to hear you guys get excited about them. And this week, we've got another one. But next week, I'm going to be chatting with an icon. I'll tell you who at the end of the episode, so stick around for that. But before we get started, I always like to highlight a woman who is killing it in the game. And this week... It's BB Rexa. Did you see her Instagram post go viral? It's all about how this record exec told her she's too old to be sexy and her brand is confusing because she's a songwriter but posts sexy pics on Instagram. I want to read her response in case you didn't see it because I think it's really valuable and you'll hear us refer to it in the podcast this week as well. So here's the whole caption. She said, I recently had a male music executive tell me that I was getting too old and that my brand was confusing because I'm a songwriter and I post sexy pics on my Instagram and that's not what female songwriters are supposed to do, especially for my age. I'm 29. I'm fed up with being put in a box. I make my own rules. I'm tired of women getting labeled as hags when they get old and guys getting labeled as sexy with age. Anyway, I'm turning 30 on August 30th. And you know what? I'm not running away from it. I'm not going to lie about my age or sing songs that I feel will sell better because they sound younger. I'm going to celebrate my age because you know what? I'm wiser. I'm stronger. And trust me, I'm a much better lover than I was 10 years ago. As she got so much support from her peers, it was great, including Taylor Swift, who commented, drag them, 29-year-olds unite. This message from BB is literally what we're all about here. So all the clap and heart emojis to you, girl, keep speaking your mind and being who you are. All right, on to this week's guest who totally has that same kind of vibe as BB. Lauren Jenkins is not your typical country artist, which is what really drew me to her. I've always been interested in film and television. TV is where I got my start, and ultimately I wanted to be a director. So the fact that two girls who grew up in that world ended up in country music doing a podcast together, well, I was intrigued. She's such a free spirit, and I really think you're going to love her. So let's get right to it. It's Breaking Through with Lauren Jenkins. Welcome to the podcast, Lauren Jenkins. Thank you. I have been following you for a while now, and I was so excited to see you get signed and just to watch everything that you've done so far. But I haven't really had a chance to like get to know you. No. So I'm really happy you're here. I'm happy I'm here too. Yeah. I would drive through Hale to hang out with you. Which, which I she did. literally <laughs> did. Like 30 minutes before we were going to do this, it just Nashville decided that it was going to just wreak havoc on yes. the city. It's been hailing. It has been raining like crazy. Mm-hmm. You might even hear it because it's it's going mad and it's going in the studio that we record in. Sometimes you can hear the thunder. Sometimes you can hear the rain. Perfect. We'll just create a vibe. I love it. Everything's great. great. Yes. We'll play sad, slow, dark songs. <laughs> you know, I'm never mad about that, to be honest. Perfect. Which, I mean, I know you aren't either because you have very vibey music. Yes. Yes. But yeah. let's just start like somewhere in the beginning here. Like where, where did mm. you start getting into music? I think I've been into storytelling ever since I was, I don't know, two. Yeah. I loved making up stories and music came into the picture. Putting stories and music together was probably around like 10 was when I started singing and making up songs. And then by the time I was 15, that's when I got my first guitar and that kind of changed and became the glue yeah. for music. So what was the first song you wrote with a guitar? 
I don't know. I know like the first real song that I wrote with a guitar that I was really proud of and started gigging mm-hmm. with uh, was a song called Born to Be that I wrote for my dad. And it was a pretty like political song. And I was 15 at the time. Dang. So mm-hmm. was he feeling it? Is what, What's your dad like? Like, what, is he, did, would he have wanted a political song? Well, he's, he's a very big fan of music. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for obvious reasons, he kind of was encouraging me to do the more obvious path. Like, do this, do that. What do you mean you want to go play in a coffee shop and not go to college? We Mm. don't want that for you. Mm -hmm. But now he's a super big fan. Oh, good. So does does he like country music? Yeah, he likes all kinds of music. When did you get into country music? Because where where are you from? I'm originally from Texas. Yeah, that's what I thought. And then you moved to California, right? It was Carolina. Carolina. And then it was Memphis. And then it was New York. And it was Charleston, somewhere in there. Oh my gosh, wait. So where did I get California from? I guess because we were just talking about how I'm from California. But I, I think somebody wrote an article and my mom's from California, but no, I'm not from California. Okay, so but you've lived all over the place. Yes. And was country music like always a constant then in that case? Um, I think it started out with a lot of Southern rock. That's mm. kind of what my dad introduced me to. And then country for me... Uh, I started listening to, it was a lot of Shania Twain, the Dixie Chicks, Faith Hill, that era of music. And that was the first time I started to become a fan and consumer of country music. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'd say it started out in Southern rock, which also had a lot of storytelling. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's, there's a lot of similarities there. Mm -hmm. So you start doing country music and your family, when did they finally come to the point or your dad of like, okay, this actually seems like a solid career or have they even gotten there yet? I, I don't know. I think they knew early on that I was really determined Mm -hmm. and that they weren't going to be able to, um, dissuade me. And so by the time I was like 15 or 16, I think they knew, okay, she's just going to go after whatever she wants to do. And um, I didn't grow up with anybody in the music industry. So I didn't really have anybody to look to to say like, how do you make this a career? It was more of just a necessity for me. Well then, yeah. When you don't have any kind of mentors that know what they're doing, how do you even get into this industry? I don't, I don't know. I think people ask me sometimes for advice. Um, and I think the biggest thing is just to play as much as you can and yeah. to grow and learn as much as you can and knock on as many doors as you can. I mean, when I got a record deal, I wasn't looking for one. The thought hadn't even occurred to me. I was recording an EP and making music videos with my friends because I wanted to. Um, mm. It wasn't a, I want to be famous or anything like that. But you had already moved here? No, I think it, when I got signed to Big Machine, I was still living in New York City. I was Dang. going to acting school and gigging when I wasn't waiting tables and working. I was flying back to Nashville to work on this EP that I was going to release. Okay, so wait, I need to rewind a little bit here. So <laughs> you're in New York and you mm. were in college at that point or were you already out when you were doing that? Yeah, I was... Let's see. I was 20. I was 19 when I moved to New York and I believe I signed with Big Machine when I was 21. So this is wild. I want to fill in those gaps there because that's that's really interesting to get from. Okay. So you are in, let's say, high school. At that point, were you already doing music? Were you already active in it? Yeah. So when I, I started homeschooling 10th grade, so that way oh. I could travel and I was living in Memphis. I was playing in wherever I could. Sometimes it was coffee shops. Sometimes it was clubs. 
And then I was also working on film sets in front of the camera and behind the camera doing production because that making films and working in film and TV land, I kind of understood the trajectory. I understood, okay, you can start as a PA and then you build your resume. And with music, it was just, I wrote this song and it means a lot to me and I'm going to play it wherever I can mm-hmm. kind of thing. So there's kind of a beauty in that and in, in, it was so organic, your music mm-hmm. career, right? So yeah. film and television though, is that where you thought you were going to be? Because I did. When I was going to college and when I was mm-hmm. in high school, I was all about film and television. I ended up working at Entertainment Tonight and then I worked in the industry and I, right. I did all this stuff and I never would have seen me being in one country music but mm-hmm. two country radio. Like it's such a weird thing that that's where it led me. So is that what it was like for you? I don't know. I don't know if it's ambition or if I just want all of the things, but I've always had an issue with this argument of, okay, you have to pick one. Right. I've wanted to do all of it, which is, again, the really cool organic thing about this project is I got to put on the hat of making a film and making a music video and storytelling in that realm and also the storytelling and writing the songs and co-producing. I got to do all of it and that's that's kind of where I see the rest of my life of me being happy is being able to do things in film and TV when it makes sense and when I'm passionate about it and continue to do things in music simultaneously. That's such an important message because I do feel like we're so often told that it's like, mm-hmm. you know, choose your lane. What do you want to be when yeah. you grow up? It's, it's this or that. Like people just see it as like one box, right? right. It's do you want to be a CEO or do you want to be a mother? It's right. Like, well, what if I want to be both? Uh-huh. Exactly. And you figure out a way to do both. And that's kind of what I've done with the film and TV and acting background and music. Yeah, so if you guys haven't seen it yet, Lauren put out this amazing video. It's like very cinematic. It really is kind of a mini movie, right? Yeah. I mean, that's really what it is. And that was for your song, Running Out of Road. Mm-hmm. And uh, did so did you direct that and everything? Yeah, I worked with a friend of mine that I've known since middle school and dreamed up the entire project. Dang, that, girl, that's cool. So you guys like yeah. made a dream come true together? Yeah, it was really, again, it's, there's something really cool about doing things organic, which is what I love to do. Yeah. I mean, there was five of us total on set, which the set was mostly a friend of ours uh, ranch in New Mexico. Mm-hmm. And it was, I want to make a three-part music video series and this is the story and I want to make a short film and how are we going to pitch this to the label and convince them to... right. <laughs> let an unknown artist do all of these things. Well, how did you convince them? Because they, it, it, that, that was going to be one thing I wanted to talk to you about because it's just today, I think, you know, a lot of, especially female artists, they get into the industry and can be very easily taken advantage of because mm-hmm. you're like just thankful you're there because there's mm-hmm. not that much space and you're like, well, these people must know what they're going, what they're yeah. doing because they've made it to this point in their lives. So I'm just going to do what they say or whatever. And, you know, maybe not feel comfortable to bring mm-hmm. ideas to the table. So how how did you get there? How did you get to that point? I think it's a process. I mean, there was definitely a bit of that when I first came to town and all of a sudden had a record deal. I mean, I was completely in over my head and I listened more to to people around me and said no to what I felt was right Mm -hmm. and my intuition because I thought, well, they must know. And then that got really, that was not a good feeling. Um, I learned pretty quickly. And so with this project, I mean... I really thought about it and dreamed on it for a long time and I knew what I wanted and I kind of got to the place where I was okay with if they were going to tell me no, I was going to do it anyway. Yeah. I was going to figure out a way. Um, 
the way that we opened the door was we made Cole Smith and I made a music video for Give Up the Ghost mm-hmm. and we didn't ask for permission and it involved breaking into these abandoned houses I had found 10 years ago and it was just the two of us and I paid for it and we just turned it into the label and that was sort of the hey here's proof that I can do this and I can deliver now just give me a little bit of resources and give me some leeway and mm-hmm. I'll and I'll come back with results so I think I think that's one of the biggest things is if you want to do something, you've just got to figure out a way to do it. You create your own lane. I was just talking Mm -hmm. with a friend of mine, like literally 20 minutes ago about creating your own lane. Like, don't get told that you can't do something. Mm -hmm. Prove that you can. Yeah. You can find your own way to do it. Because again, there's not these boxes of like, this is the only way you can do things. So you have been able to successfully complete that that mini movie of yours. Mm -hmm. How did you celebrate doing that? Are you the kind of person that like, will take a break or I kind of picking up that you're like, oh, it just makes me want to do more and get right back into things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I've got a million more ideas. And once it's really interesting, once something is completed and you let it go out into the world, you do have to sort of like give it up a little bit because it's done and that process is done. But there is something exciting about dreaming up the next thing. Um, This year has been a really big year because the three-part music video series came out, the album came out. Um, we screened the film at several film festivals and it was in competition at some What's film festivals. What's that like at film festivals? You know, it's weird. We we got into the Roswell Film Fe- Festival in New Mexico, which is a really big one for me to uh, compete in because the film was made in the state of New Mexico and yeah. we really wanted to make sure we stayed true Do to them the right. cowboy right. culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all of those things. So being selected for that was a really big deal and... Um, I don't remember, I think I had a gig or something, but went, went to the competition there and it was the first time that they had had a music centered short film in competition. That's so cool to be the first thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so that made me feel good too, because it's like, okay, well, you know, obviously the music component passed whatever, um, whatever, standards they had and then the filmmaking component and the storytelling component also passed so yeah. that was a big win but yeah I mean it's it's crazy and I'm super grateful and also I'm grateful for all the people that work behind the scenes too to make some of these things happen yeah so is that something that you really want to continue doing like could you see yourself just making a regular music video at this point no yeah. I, I've got so many opinions when it comes to cinematography and DPing yeah. and and storyline and producing and casting and wardrobe. I've got so many opinions about all of it that mm-hmm. I think that I would need if if I'm not involved in the process, then that means that I don't have a really strong feeling about the song. Right. And then we shouldn't be making a video yeah. for it. Touche, that makes sense. So do you feel like a lot of those things that you learned from that world of cinema and and videography, do you think that that translates at, at all to your music? I mean, I know that you've melded those worlds together, yeah. but do you find that the things that you learned there have translated? I think it's interesting because I think they both complement each other. Yeah. And sometimes I'll get an idea for um, a video or for a film or a movie or a story and then I'll start hearing music in my head. So yeah. sometimes that world translates and vice versa. Sometimes when I'm writing a song or I've written a song or even just music, I'll start to see imagery 
And so that translates into the film and TV world. And I think... Oh, you've got such a creative brain. That's sick. <laughs> like, that's cool. Well, I think I'm, j- I'm just a geek about storytelling. Yeah. Whether it's photography or filmmaking or music. I'm just, yeah, I'm Well, how are those it. passions that you have, how were they when you were growing up? Like, did kids think you were weird? Were you ever bullied? Like, because I, I mean, I have one friend, I think I've told this story on this podcast before, and she was super successful in the acting world. And mm-hmm. she had done like the Disney Channel original movies and yeah. it, you know she'd go off and she'd like shoot the movies and then she'd come back and you'd think that she'd just be like the most popular person because she's creative mm-hmm. and doing all this stuff and she would get bullied sure. and it was heartbreaking to see because she didn't know how to handle those two worlds yeah. but somebody that like I know a lot of creative minds have a hard time growing up yeah school is not really my friend yeah. and that's why I started homeschooling um, by 10th grade and that was like the first time and the quickest time that I could do it uh you know i think i think being a kid is tough i can't imagine what it's like being a kid today and i think being different is tough i think that it's getting easier and i think that there's more voices that are saying it's okay to be different um and it's okay to take uh sort of the standard path too um but yeah it was not it wasn't always fun i had like a handful of friends that were down to be quote unquote weird with me and make like home movies and stuff like that and commercials and really weird things like makeup dances and songs but uh those were harder to find yeah for sure so how was homeschooling for you i homeschooled as well and i could hardly ever come across people that homeschool um it was i well i was my teacher so i made the lesson plans and i had uh my old swim team coach who had homeschooled her three girls tell me how to do it and i was like break it down for me how do I need to make this happen? Sam, you put together your own lesson plans and everything? Yeah. Oh, I mean, I was doing it all because I was like it mostly, most of the time I was in Memphis at that time. Okay. So yeah. I wasn't at home and it was just like, get all the work done. You come back. I would come back to North Carolina, do the testing that you had to do and um, graduated early from, I think it was called Withrow Downs high school or something hey, I, think that's I did the Laurel name. Springs hey. what up <laughs> <laughs> like never went to prom did you fun. yeah I know did yeah. you did you have like a ceremony because they have the homeschooling community yeah so I I the only one that I graduated from while I was in homeschool because I ended up going back at the end of high school okay. but um they did have an eighth grade like promotion or graduation mm-hmm. or whatever and I was like I don't want to go they're a bunch oh, of like, random kids yeah like, a bunch of people I don't know yeah. like they're, I'm not gonna you know my mom wanted to like see me walk or whatever yeah, and I'm yeah. like mom can we just do it at home she let me do that but then I, I look back and I was like was I scared of other children at that point yeah. because I mean I had I had had a lot of bullying done mm-hmm. to me as well and that was really kind of the reason that I left for a while too mm-hmm. it was just a miserable reality and they could see that from yeah. And I'm so thankful to my parents for actually like acknowledging that and being able to like let me kind of make my own decision there, which I think in the long run really helped me. So was it you that made the decision? Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, I was ready to go and be a professional storyteller or whatever Mm -hmm. that means, like when I was 10. Mm -hmm. And so 15, 16 was really the first time that I've had enough um, I had enough experiences and I had enough opportunities and I thought I knew enough at that time yeah. where I just know wasn't going to be an option. Mm-hmm. So do you have siblings? I have a younger sister. And was she, is she the same as you? Is she completely different? She, we are very similar in the sense that she is a free spirit. Yeah. Like she's, and she also is super passionate. Um, 
she gets pretty fired up about things right now. It's the environment. Mm. So be like, if you're drinking out of a plastic water bottle, please don't stand near her. (laughs) (laughs) She might uh, talk your ear off for an hour. So, Uh so, but she's not musical at all or is she? I don't know. I think that I, I think that she is still discovering who she is and, Mm. and what she wants. And I'm not sure if, uh, Maybe she is. Yeah. I don't know yet. I don't even know if she's looked behind that door yet. And there's so many possibilities. There's always possibilities. Absolutely. In all of us. Oh, that's for sure. (laughs) Yes. And so one of the things that I always really like to talk about on here, and we've kind of touched on it a little bit, but of course, the lack of women in country radio. So Mm. you get signed. You said you were 19 or 20 when you got signed. I think I was 21. 21. Okay. So you get signed and, but you're in New York. So Mm -hmm. are, was it a conversation at that point of the lack of women in country radio? No. Wasn't no, even I wasn't. About? Honestly, um, I wasn't even aware. Yeah, I and also I and when you know I was living in New York, it's not like I had a car. Right, I wasn't listening to radio. Mm. Um, and then once I came to Nashville, then it took some time for me to really understand. Like, oh, I don't see women musicians. Hmm. Yeah. There's not a ton of women songwriters or artists why are there only three new women artists what in the world's happening and so now obviously i'm a lot more aware of the stats Mm -hmm. and how alarming they are yeah um and also i'm very aware that i myself am not played on radio um so i think it's you know i think we're at an interesting crossroads and i think that it's great that you've got this podcast to shine some light and have a platform because uh, we need a lot more of those. Well, thank you. And and I agree, obviously. So when you're having conversations though with, because you are signed. So mm-hmm. when you're having a conversation with a label, I mean, is that something that they bring up a lot? Do they tell you that, you know, this is going to be harder? This is going to, is that part of the conversation? Not really. I think um, my objective has been to sort of put my head down, do the work, yeah. tour, make the short films, make the music videos, do everything I can and work hard. Mm -hmm. And it's always sort of been my objective is, okay, well, I'm going to work hard and be honest and truthful. And if you like me, great. If you don't, then fine. If Mm -hmm. you like the music, amazing. If not, that's okay too. Um, However, when I'm looking at other women in the industry that are killing it, it, it can get me a little bit fired up and kind of mad when I see, okay, well, these people are working just as hard and Mm -hmm. why are there not as many opportunities? Yeah. Yeah. Why, if you're sitting down and like reflecting about that, why would you say that you think that it's that way? I think a lot of it has to do uh, with perception. And, you know, when I was crewing on film sets and loading trailers, I had to fight against this idea of, okay, because she's a girl, she can't, load in uh, pelican cases. She can't load in road cases. So after a while, they realize, okay, not only is this girl pushing the heavy ass road cases, but she's also figured out the configuration of how to load the trailer so that way everything fits perfectly. And now nobody, none of the men were coming up to me trying to help me haul in road cases because they knew Mm -hmm. that I had it. But there was still that initial perception of she's a girl, so she must need help. Yeah, I think that there are some stereotypes of, well, women don't want to hear women. Mm-hmm. They don't want to go to show. Uh, the craziest one that I've heard is that women don't want to 
they don't want to put women on bills because they don't want their the other women's boyfriends the looking boyfriends? at them. Oh, that's my it's, worst. Oh, I hate it's hearing so that. funny to me because here's the thing: um, when you're when you're a little girl, you want to know that you want to be able to look to another girl and say, oh, I could be her. You do it right. with Disney princesses. Mm-hmm. You do it with all sorts of career fields. And luckily, it's starting to open up the gates a little bit more. But when you only have three acts on a festival that are girls or women, then the chances of other girls in the audience being able to look and see, oh, that could be me, or I could strive mm-hmm. to be like that person, the chances of that are so diminished. Yeah. So... I I mean, like, I remember going to my first football game when I was, like, eight and telling my dad, I want to be a football player. And he said, well, you you can't, sweetie. And I just, (gasps) I was crushed. Yeah. And even growing up and being super passionate about music and performing, you know, I, there weren't a lot of, I don't know if there really were many artists that I could look to and say, like, oh, that's exactly how I feel and that she kind of looks like me or she's telling my story. And I think that's also why Taylor Swift was so huge because she worked hard, was given the spotlight and a bunch of little girls looked at her and said, that is me. Mm -hmm. So why we've sort of gotten away from that, I'm not really sure. It's really sad because you bring up representation and that's Mm -hmm. huge. Like, I think that radio and keeping its relevancy and everything, it's just like, you know that you can actually shape culture. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you still have that power to shape culture. Yeah, and it's, it's a like, powerful thing. Yes, take the responsibility and know that your daughters, your, you know, your wives, your sisters, your everybody, they, they want to see themselves too mm-hmm. on the radio that you don't want to just... I feel like it's almost sloppy to just like have us only be the objects as the, mm-hmm. you know, majority of songs right now that you're hearing on the radio. I mean, it breaks my heart yeah. when even, I mean, I, I call out my own radio show all the time, but like it breaks my heart that what we're given right now to work with is maybe two women in my five hour show. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, I just, I hate that because I know yeah. all these little girls listening to and little boys that want right. to understand where women are coming from as well. I mean, it's yeah. just, I don't know. I, I can, I can get so fired up about it and then like not Good. even know where I'm going. Cause I'm just like, wow. Yeah, I, I understand the feeling. And the other thing that I'll say too, is that having say three on a 20 song playlist is not enough because yeah. Um, the artists that are out there making music and working their asses off and are, happen to be women are as varied or and their stories are as varied as male counterparts, if not even more so. Yep. Um, so when you only have three songs reflected, that's only three voices. Mm-hmm. And that's just, it's not enough because somebody who's going to be a fan of one woman it maybe is not going to be a fan of another one. So yeah. you've got to... I think that you've got to give more of a spotlight to women that are out there that are working really hard, who are really talented um, and deserve to be heard. And giving, yes, be heard and let mm-hmm. people familiarize themselves with them and not just like a one spin here mm-hmm. or there because that, that's not fair either. It's really just, it's not. <laughs> but I, you were a part of something that I went to the yep. other week, the Girls of Nashville show. And that show is incredible. If you get a chance when you're in town, if you come to Nashville and it's happening, get yourself the tickets. It mm-hmm. does sell out, but it will inspire you on another level because, you know, sometimes I hear the argument too of like, well, the the, the women aren't just aren't presenting the story 
strong the stronger mm-hmm. songs mm-hmm. in the situation. Yeah. You go to this show and these are they fill up the bill and wish that they could add thirty more because mm-hmm. it is incredible the talent that is like hanging on the sidelines when you know looking at radio from the side that is here in town, you included. Yeah. And I mean that show, what it, what does that do for you, that show? Because for me it was just like it fired me up, got me so inspired. And- yeah. I mean, I was really excited and I think again it reaffirmed my belief that the voices are varied, the stories are varied. Um, and everybody on there on that stage was incredibly talented and wanted to hear more. And there were a bunch of people on that stage that I never heard of. Mm-hmm. And I'm a woman and these are my colleagues, so to speak. I don't, I knew nothing about them. How in the world is the rest of the world supposed to know anything about them if right. I don't? Exactly. Um, and that partly falls on me and it partly falls on the industry to make it to where that's not the common occurrence. Mm-hmm. Well, and what's the energy like at, in that backstage? Because it is so wonderful to see women coming together because we so often are pitted against each other. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like we were talking about earlier, like, yeah, it can hurt to see a woman doing well because you know there's only so much space available mm-hmm. right now, which is what we're trying to change. But, yeah. you know, I digress. Uh, what is it like back there? Well, I think I think that's where we as women have a bit of the power to uh, to sort of change that because that backstage didn't feel like a competition. Yeah. Um, and I've looked up to Caitlin Smith for a long time and I've been Ooh. a huge fan of her. Um, and I remember just getting livid after seeing her perform maybe at third and Lindsley like four years ago. And I just left the show cussing, asking how do people not know who she is? And so to be invited to play that, um, was it was a huge honor for me and i think that women have the opportunity kind of like what you're seeing with the high women and other women inviting uh, some of their colleagues to go on tour with them yeah. um i think that you know for me i've got a female drummer megan jane who's badass and i've also got a female uh guitar player too i think that we can make sure that we're hiring women mm-hmm. if they if the talent is there and they're good people and they're a woman then absolutely you should be hiring hiring them and looking for them. And same thing with tour managers or directors. I think that making making that a focus of looking for those women who also are talented, who also are good people, I won't hire a woman just to hire her. Of she's course, gotta yeah. be talented mm-hmm. and she's gotta be a good person yeah. before I'll work with her. But that's something that as women we can we can start to shift and change. It's important. Too. Producers, directors, yep. everything. Yeah, like you said, tour managers, all of that mm-hmm. is important. The behind the scenes stuff is just as important. Mm-hmm. And to show, you know, uh, girls that are growing up too, there are so many different lanes. Those aren't just jobs for men. Yep. Like even though it's kind of been stereotyped like that. Yeah. But you know, one other thing that's really been on my mind this week, um, actually today in particular, when we're recording this, there's this, this big story that came out today. Did you see this one about BB Rexa? Oh no. So this week an exec told her um, in a meeting and she just decided to call call him out, not by name, but she was like, an exec told me that I am um, too old to be sexy mm. and that everything that mm. she was doing on her Instagram uh, was confusing to people because it's not letting them know who she is as an artist because sometimes she's here, sometimes she's there. Do you get that ever? I mean, I know you have an amazing label and I know you have an amazing team, but do you get messages ever from people that maybe you're quote unquote working for that are suggesting you do something that you're like hell no yes um, 
I think that as a culture in total, we are really way too obsessed with our looks, mm. um, especially when it comes to women. I think that there is sometime, sometimes obviously spoken, but most of the time unspoken idea of you're only uh, wanted or valuable if you're between this age bracket. Right. Once you get past here, forget about it. When you're in this age bracket, you better look this way, dress, dress this way. And there's just a lot of um, unspoken rules and obviously sometimes spoken rules. Right. And I I find myself trying to shut out all of that noise. Um, I think that for me, I would rather my photos not be retouched mm-hmm. because I think that showing girls and women that having laugh lines and having lines on your forehead and having a pimple on your chin like I do today is an okay <laughs> thing. Yeah. It means that you're human. Having flyaways is okay. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, just as a culture, we got to stop being so obsessed with how other people choose to dress themselves or what types of pictures they want to want to take like just let it let it be it doesn't it doesn't matter if you want to wear baggy jeans wear baggy jeans like if you want to wear short shorts fine i don't care Mm -hmm. if you're 70 years old and you want to wear hot pants wear hot pants you have earned it go girl and um i think that bb rexa can wear whatever the hell she wants and anybody that wants to say otherwise you just don't listen to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't let anyone control you in that yeah. way. Honestly, like that was. But I'm glad to see that she's getting the. I'll have to show it to you later. But she's mm-hmm. getting the right kind of support, and I'm glad to see that most people's heads are in that headspace yeah. at this point in time because there sure are a lot of people that are still stuck way behind and thinking that that shit is still okay. There's there's yeah. too many big issues in the world to be worried about what a woman wears or to even be thinking about, well, you're past the age of being set. That's just bullshit. Mm -hmm. Agreed. So before we wrap things up here, because I want to make sure that there's time for you to perform because I want everyone to like actually see you perform your songs live. (laughs) But um, I I do want to kind of end just with a little bit of advice, not for me to you, but for you to everybody else. I was like, no, give it to me. So I'm really intrigued by your story. It's pretty incredible. And I'm so excited that you're representing country music right now because you're not thinking, you know, just inside the box. I know we've used that phrase a lot, but it's true you're really doing your own thing so with all of the experience that you have and you have a lot what is a piece of advice that you really like to pass along Mm. I mean anything that I say I feel like is gonna sound cliche Um, I think sometimes not taking advice from people is really good advice because uh if you're really paying attention to yourself, you'll know if something feels right or not. Yeah. And other people are going to give you all kinds of advice. And uh, sometimes best thing is not to take it. So take that or don't. Amen. <laughs> yes. And what are you most excited about coming up the rest of the year here? Ooh. Now you're, you're headed out of the country pretty yeah. soon here, right? Yeah. I leave in just a few weeks. Oh. Uh, I go back to Europe and the UK at the beginning of September and um, cooking some new tunes, so yes, there might there might be something out. Well, I can't say when, but maybe by Christmas. That could be a possibility. <laughs> 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 well, we'll be on the lookout for sure, no matter what. And what are awesome. all your socials so everyone can follow it you? It is laurenjenkins dot com. I am Lauren Jenkins on Facebook and Instagram, um, and I believe. 
Twitter is Lauren underscore Jenkins. I really should have my own stuff <laughs> memorized. It's like your resume, but um, <laughs> you know what? We'll yeah. put it in the in the notes anyway. Perfect. There we go, Lauren Jenkins. Thank you so much thank for being you. here. Thanks for hanging out on this rainy day. Uh, yeah, that is the rain. If you can hear it, by the way, we weren't lying. No. <laughs> She's so cool, and I'm genuinely excited to see how she continues to use her creativity to bring her visions to life. Totally see her not only being a star in music, but film as well. So, fingers crossed. If you haven't seen her current project, go check that out for sure. And now, on to our thank yous. First and foremost, Lauren and Rachel Wendler at BMLG You Rule. To our Breaking Through team, thank you Jim Casey, Brian Webb, and Joey Salvia. And I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode and to hear who you would like to see featured next. Hit me up on social media. I'm at Elena D. Smith. That's E-L-A- I-N-A-D as in, I don't know, Doe and Smith as in Smith because everyone can spell that. Uh, Send me some camera emojis in the comments on Instagram to let me know that you listened. It will be like our little secret code. Also, if you could take a second to rate this show five stars on Apple Podcasts, maybe even leave a review, that would be awesome. The more reviews and comments we get, the more exposure the show gets. So people with similar interests will be able to discover it. Lastly, Lauren did a couple live performances for our YouTube page, so make sure to go check that out too. Uh, We got the link in the show notes down there, and she does a cover of Lori McKenna, which is beautiful. She also does one of her originals. I think that about does it for me. No, no. Oh my gosh, I almost forgot. I promised you guys I'd tell you about the icon joining me next week. The legendary Tanya Tucker. Oh, I'm so excited. Until then, thank you again for listening and bye from the Westwood One Podcast Network.